Welcome to the Tune Shed, the podcast for everything music, history, creation, creative process, you name it. I'm your host, Blake Murray, and I'm here with my dear childhood friend, Marty Gray. What's up, Marty? Oh, baby, it's a special one. We got it. It is a special one. one today. Yeah, what are we up to, Marty? Tell the peoples. What are we up to? Dude, we, okay, so we figured that we talk about making stuff all the time, um, and we, we've retroactively gone into a song that we've made together, and we thought, why don't we make a song, like, in real time? So, more live. Yeah, more yeah. live, more interactive, step by step, baby girl. What, um, Blake, do you want to tell <laughs> the people what, what we're doing? Like, what's the song? Yeah, so I'm so stoked on this um, and that we're doing this because we did that one song, Stuck to You, shout out episode five, go check it out. Um, We did a song breakdown of it. Um, But this is actually something we wrote together in high school. It's called Instinct Cringes. Um, So I wrote some lyrics and a mandolin part. I had gotten a mandolin for my uh, birthday or Christmas. I forget, it's been so long. And um, you came over and I remember you playing on my piano and writing the melody for these lyrics and i recorded it on my cell phone uh it was my first cell phone that i ever had gotten and it died like after the first verse so this song's just been in my head for a long time and i've always wanted to kind of redo it and this is a great time to do it um so yeah presented it to you and you were like well everything we don't remember let's actually just fill in the blank because I, I still have that cell phone, actually. I was trying to get that voice memo up, but I locked myself out of it. It's a whole fiasco. Um, but yeah, so we're going to take what we remember and then build the rest out uh, with our with our with with the people we are today, you know, with that, with that creative energy. Right. So we are taking the ghost of over 10 years ago and completing it. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. And Blake, <laughs> Blake actually sent me a bunch of stems. Um, f- just from what he did it by memory. I can't even believe you did that by memory. That's insane. <laughs> he like went into the bowels of his memory and just like quickly tracked a bunch of random stuff that he just remembers us playing. Um, yeah. And, um, I guess <laughs> the one caveat is that the idea was we were going to take our memories together and then, uh, go forward with it. Right. But I, I kind of cheated it and I, took our memories and then i added some new ideas already and sent it to you because i couldn't wait hey man when (laughs) when you can't resist (laughs) yeah cheating a little bit but you know sometimes you just got to get into it whatever man should we listen should we listen to what you sent me yeah and the asterisks on my voice because that melody is actually you wrote this melody it's kind of hard for me to sing and um I want you to sing it for sure, uh, but I did my best, okay. so enjoy. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be glad to sing it. I love it. All right, let's take a listen. Is that a real piano or is that MIDI? MIDI.
So this is where my iPhone died about. Died right now. Yeah. But the lyrics survived, right? The lyrics did survive, yeah. I remembered those. Oh, well, up to the, after this verse, I remembered it. Got it. I don't think we wrote anything until for after this verse. Yeah, I don't think so. similar to what we had, but I'm not sure. I think so too. Too, ostensibly. Yep. No lyrics yet. I was thinking maybe you could write the second verse. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. Um, or we could do it together. But yeah, it's kind of be good. What's that like shakery sound? Yeah, it's called a panji. It's uh these shells that I think they go on your leg and you sort of shake your leg. Oh, sweet. Um, I was inspired by uh, the Ducks, the D-U-H-K-S. Uh, great band. Their drummer knows a lot of cool percussion instruments. And then this is all a new idea, too. I was thinking maybe it kind of sounds like an outro, or not sure. Yeah. Yeah, this is very outro-like. Just a little Mando solo at the end. cute little solo, you know, kind of putzes along with the chords. Alright. Boom. That's what Blake sent me. Yeah. So, last time we... So, scratch back a little bit. We looked at this earlier to sort of jump into it, and we had a bunch of technical issues and everything fell apart. Um... But I took a bunch of notes, so maybe we can kind of go through what we were thinking uh, as we tried to um, add to this or make the next step or build this out into a song, right? Yeah. Yeah, you just go through what we added, and then I'll sort of just, like, unsolo it and play it. Or un unmute it and, sure. and just play it. Yeah, okay. Well, actually, the first thing you said I think was, was brilliant, and... Um, you were saying maybe we could record the mandolin as stereo. So I would re-record it. So there's two audio files, one panned all the way to the left ear, one panned all the way to the right ear. Mm. Um, and they'd be very similar, but technically different recordings, right? So that was your idea, just to make the mandolin bigger? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, the the textures in this song will probably remain minimal or, like, thin, like, there's not going to be any big synths, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or, or like, big organ yeah. sounds and stuff. It's all going to be, like, relatively organic-y. 
So I was thinking, yeah, like, it's kind of folky, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a little folky, like it's that like old wood kind of folk. <laughs> I don't know how to describe yeah. it. <laughs> you know, old wood. It's old wood. I love that. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like a modern man with a with a um with a really big beard who like makes bikes or whatever. <laughs> like that kind of folk. <laughs> yeah, a tinker. Yeah, yeah, tinker. <laughs> so I was thinking like okay, well the mandolin will probably have to take up more audio space. Um, so it'd be mm-hmm. nice to have like a stereo mandolin. Just gets, it sounds a little bigger, more modern. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't done that yet, but I'll do that for our next uh, little workshop on it. I guess the next thing we looked at was um, that piano line. That's kind of a bass line. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we we recorded that bass uh, from yours slash Andy's bass guitar, which you have to tell us about because it's hilarious. Yeah, so the, the bass guitar that I have slash use in my studio is is uh, a guitar that our buddy Andy gave me in college um, because he didn't want it anymore because he said a cat peed on it. <laughs> and so we call it the pee bass. <laughs> I, it's not smelly, so... <laughs> I don't know. A miracle and it somehow. works fine. <laughs> oh wait, and when you were tuning it too, though, that's the one funky thing. You t- you tune everything flat or something because oh, the neck is warped. Oh, yeah, this or has what nothing to do with the P, but it, the neck is warped a little bit. Allegedly, and so <laughs> yeah, baby. But I have to tune everything twenty cents flat in order for the notes to come through in tune. So the only thing I can't do on that bass really is play open strings. Which is usually fine. <laughs> that blew my mind because I, I was looking at your screen and you had the little tuner app up. So you're tuning everything 20 cents flat. It's all in the red. <laughs> and then you just start playing and everything's in the green. It's so weird. Yeah, it's very odd. <laughs> I'd never seen that. That is very odd. Um, so yeah, maybe we should play that piano part. And I, I we kind of thought to ourselves like, well, should this stay as a piano? And then it kind of sounds like it's one player. But then we heard the bass in that space, and we're like, ooh, it actually sounds pretty good. As a bass guitar, it's a little bit more full. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so let me uh, let me solo just that piano track that you made, the bass one. Yeah. It's really cool. It like is, has a ton of movement. So then we wanted to try it on bass guitar, so I quickly learned it on the P bass. <laughs> and this is what we came up with. <laughs> Here's it unsoloed. So we we thought it works really well. We were yeah. happy with that. And actually maybe maybe we should mention that we talked about that part of the song too because okay, so right now there's this little intro and then I kind of sing two verses and then there's this part um, I don't know what to call it because it's not really the chorus. Yeah, it's kind of like a breakdown, right? Yeah, I get. It would be a breakdown. Yeah, so I guess there's space to. I think one of the first things we talked about was there's space to sort of build a chorus and put that before this and after this and whatever. Um, and there's also space to maybe add more to this part. Um, so the whole thing isn't arranged yet, right? So it's a little bit funky, but uh, it just it makes sense to sort of have a bass guitar there um, and to fill it out. Yeah, we thought it 
gives the because this part like the breakdown will be a little bit thicker and bigger so we're like let's give yeah. it the support that it needs I don't know. yeah you know those that mandolin is playing um really open chords right everything that's a lot of like open strings and it just sounds a little bit bigger but it's still just a baby little mandolin so it needs some help <laughs> it does cool then um yeah let's jump ahead then we were kind of looking at the beginning um so this was not in the original recording but when i went to record one time uh i actually missed the chord and played a half step up and so instead of freaking out, I just play that four times, then kind of slid down into the chords. So it's like the whole song starts to half step up, and then all of a sudden it slides. Maybe if you can just isolate that mandolin track and show that. Sure. Because that gave us an idea to make this whole little intro thing of strings. Yeah, I can do that. The The song is in B minor, and Blake started on in C minor. So I'll sort of like call that out. Like here's C minor. It's actually C suspended. There's no minor. But then he slides down right here. <laughs> so I just thought actually sounds kind of cool. It does sound cool. Like a, it, it actually kind of suspends your expectations of the song. And it makes that B minor, it makes it feel a little bit dark, doesn't it? It's like yeah. you drop in. You really do um, like settle into it. Yeah. But you had this great idea just to add a bunch of strings and color. So what do we add there? Was it ukulele? Yes, we added Um, two hard-panned ukuleles. We added a Nashville guitar, and we added my one of my dulcimers to it. And so, rehash. What's it? What's special about a Nashville guitar? Yeah. So a Nashville has the same two top strings, but the bottom four strings are actually tuned an octave higher. So if you've ever played Mm. a twelve-string guitar, it'd be like taking the top string of all the pairings, and just having that be the guitar so the effect is it's really kind of sparkly and high pitched in a nice way yeah it lacks the big body of a regular tuned acoustic guitar because the e string is actually an octave higher right so it's just all of the high strings it's very like like you said shimmery and dangly shimmery yeah it's good so maybe show us those strings maybe individually and then together sure yeah so here's the ukulele that we tracked a little bit of click bleed And then we actually recorded this. Oh, which yeah. Which was made by undersampling, or sorry, resampling just a section of that part and then using Wave Sound Shifter to detune it down a half step. So, so this is how the process went. We added all these strings. And how do we even pick the notes that you played? I think we just, you just found them. Like on the dulcimer, you you just tuned like only the strings you needed for those three notes and then just kind of plucked around. Right. Or how did that even work? Yeah. So the, um, the mandolin part you played at the beginning is just, uh, C, D and and G. Mm -hmm. Just C, D and G. So it's like a, it's sort of like an open C chord without a third to like make it minor or major. So yeah. I just literally played those exact notes on the ukulele. 
that's cool. And then when we wanted to sort of slide down into the B minor chord, instead of re-recording it at all, you were like, I'm going to do some crazy thing and pitch shift it all. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just like pitch slid <laughs> so it down cool. a half step and then wash it out with a bunch of like vintage delay. Wow. Yeah. Sounds really cool. It's, it's eerie. I remember we wanted to make that, that sliding, like the part where the notes actually slide down a half step. We wanted to make that pretty short just because when it was long, it was like terrifying. Yeah, we did try <laughs> it long and it sounded terrifying. like a horror movie. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was too scary. <laughs> like, a little scary is okay. Like there's definitely some dark vibes in this song. But at the same time, I, I, I thought it would be cool to sort of contrast that with really happy, good vibes too of all these strings instruments, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe let's check out the Nashville. Yeah, huh? here's the Nashville. <laughs> Nice. Swooping in, kind of saying, yeah, just, hey. Yeah, just sort of noodling. <laughs> yeah, just like, I'm here. I'm not very loud. <laughs> it's at, like it's yeah. mono, too. Like, panned off, off to the right. Just sort of random texture stuff thrown in there. Should I play the dulcimer, too? Yeah. Well, so the dulcimer, we tracked stereo as well. And that just happens, like, right before that detune thing. Wow. Should I play it all together again? Yeah. It's like a very wow. I feel like the beginning still needs a, a like a touch of shaping. But the idea is there. I think it's cool. What kind of shaping? I don't know. I guess that's for next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I was just thinking it's it's cool hearing those three parts uh, in isolation. It's sort of like, oh, why did you pick to do this or that? But then when you hear them together, they don't compete too much. You know, the ukulele is kind of arpeggiating. The Nashville guitar swoops here and there. And then the dulcimer just takes one moment to shine. But they don't really overlap in a way that's like you know you don't lose any part um, yeah yeah and maybe that was lucky but maybe that's also just like you add stuff until you feel like oh well it, yeah this is a complete idea together like everything's kind of working together to make a statement yeah I feel, that's i don't know who knows bro the other cool thing about that effect where all the instruments sort of slide down um pitch shift down is that if they all kind of come in and then just stop and that didn't happen, then all of a sudden the textures just completely disappear and it's just mandolin and piano. So having that slide down sort of like helps transition into the next part. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the ukulele and dulcimer and stuff, maybe we'll continue that on into the song. I'm not sure. But right now it's just like making that connection a little bit stronger. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't want it to be too jarring. Cool. Yeah. So what did we do next? Yeah, that was good stuff. I think we went over to the the drums. You you threw this little woody thing in there, um, and I got the luxury of watching your screen. It was so cool. You like found some piece of was it just like a wood block? I don't even know. And then you shortened it. Yeah. You you like cut off the tail of the recording and did something. What what, what did you do? Yeah, it looks like I found like a one shot clav sample, and I detuned it down almost two octaves and shortened it. Oh, wow. so that it sounds like this. 
oh yeah our summer i keep thinking it's submarine yeah Yeah. (laughs) sorry i just muted myself yeah and then uh i went into my like library and found a bunch of random wood blocky sounds and like threw them in a drum rack Mm. so just this that one just you know more of like texture Texture. stuff to to work around your like your like funky african kit thing yeah so here's what that sounds like Yeah, we'll probably mix those in in a subtle way. I really like it. Uh, yeah, compositionally, I think it's cool. Yeah. You have this way with drums. There was another episode, I'm forgetting which one, where we were making a little beat. And you're like, oh, sometimes I like to just sprinkle a little something right after or before. And you were playing with things like this where it's like they're not even quite drums. They're just little sounds. And you sprinkle them in places that are unexpected. And it just takes like, you know, sort of my standard um boom 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 beat and then all of a sudden it just becomes more alive more big it makes more sense there's just more sound to it right uh it's it's such a cool little trick that you do somehow oh thanks bro yeah you you never want to try to do that more sometimes it's good to just be random with it right yeah it's like it almost does feel random but it but it makes it sound ah, so much richer Mm -hmm. it's really good yeah it Adding stuff in the back is important, I think. You know, care and yeah. detail to the back layer. You know, you want you want to like choose your front drum sounds really carefully and be like this is exactly the kind of kick I want. This is the note I want it to be tuned to. You know, you can really fuss with your front drums, but then your back drums you can I, I don't know. I've, I always felt you could be more free with it. You know, much less prescribed like mm. more more feeling based like, "Huh, does this feel good <laughs> to put in the back?" Yeah. I like that distinction of front drums and back drums just to like give yourself um, like like how you said, you know, if you're making a song, dedicate a whole day just to vocals like they deserve that attention. Yeah. Sort of the same way. It's like I'm going to dedicate some time to front drums and then I'm going to think about back drums separately almost. They're their own beast. They do a different Ooh. they have a different goal almost. Yeah, um, yeah they do. Ooh, I like that it, a lot. Like separating that yeah. completely. Yeah. That can help. That can help to like sort of thinking of your front drums as like already composed or like cemented in and then like working around mm-hmm. them being like, how can I like decorate them? <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And these really add um a, like that disjointed dimension a little bit. Um, some of your little like clicks and wood blocky things, which I think really helps the song. It, it, it makes it deeper. Yeah. The, the like, genre box of this song or like the vibe of this song i don't think we've even found it yet (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah (laughs) the song wants to talk and it wants to speak but like we just have to put the work in to to find it Mm -hmm. it's gonna be fun it's it's actually weird that's it's super weird it's like i'm working on this other song right now that's like kind of a reggaeton earworm kind of thing it's so different than this um that's awesome so it's yeah this hasn't really found its shape yet and actually i was gonna say that's i kind of feel weird about that outro section um maybe we can play a little bit of that again but it it almost i'm not sure if it jives with the main vibe so well you know like think about these um the shimmery strings we added in and these 
wood blocks and then you play the outro section it's a little bit more casual bop along kind of vibe um but yeah maybe that's a challenge for us maybe it's something that we just scrap i don't really know yeah yeah i i remember talking about that we i know we definitely were like we could always take the beginning shimmery strings and like do something at the end that's similar and honestly all the way throughout too but yeah i feel like the more elements we add the more we'll have to play with and the the more the song will like gel together Mm -hmm. i think right just just so everyone's on the same page um our plan is to sort of give every we're gonna like you know uh work on it and then give an update work on it give an update so this will be like a multi um, like a multi-part deal so we'll like keep working on the track and like give everyone updates on how it's sounding you know that's like how this will how this will go yeah and speaking of that let's um so yeah maybe let's go over what we're gonna do next um so i'm gonna record the mandolin stereo um do you want to tackle vocals right away or do you want to get to that later it would be kind of fun to try like a demo vocal um just mm-hmm. like a scratch idea. That's kind of what I usually do before the song is done. Um, I'll just go in and like sing it a couple times and then like yeah. play with harmonies and and like effects and stuff. Um, and then when I'm kind of, I don't know, I, I do that to get excited if, for, uh, like <laughs> above anything else really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not all that functional because I could just do it later when everything's written and there's like a good vocal day and I'm, you know. In, in the vocal spirits but it's it's fun to right. like jot ideas down vocally and play with weird effects and like get some backing vocals in there maybe you know it's just it's fun yeah and you know i think excitement is fuel um and dan actually our guest dan was kind of talking about this go check out the episode with him but um sometimes you said it's not functional like yes we're gonna re-record it maybe but at the same time, it gets you excited, so it gives you energy to like, you know, make more good ideas for the song. Um, but also, it helps us frame things. It helps us have fun with it. Uh, it it all is part of the compositional process, right? So even though it's not the thing that ends up in the very end of the song, it's it's helping develop it. Oh, absolutely. So I think you got to take got to give credit for the the fun vocal days. <laughs> you really do. And stuff like something that I've done a lot is I'll have like a demo vocal day where I'm just like putting ideas down. And it'll be productive. Like I'll discover a lot of harmonies that I want to do, or I'll discover mm-hmm. that I actually want to triple track the entire thing, stuff like that. Ooh. But if I don't keep the demo vocal, which I almost never do, sometimes I use the demo vocal for like little vocal chops or like transition stuff. Like I'll like mess with my demo vocal and turn it into a synth or something, you know, like really chop it up and make it Ooh, into, like te- into like backing texture. Like you just never know. You just never know what you're going to use. La Fama by Rosalia in the weekend. Mm-hmm. The the whole like main like line of the song are these sweet chops of her voice um, that I'm sure someone was just playing around and was like, wow, this is so catchy. Let's build the song off it. Um, so I love that. Yeah, it does happen. Using demo vocal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, okay, I'm doing the mandolin. You're going to do some scratch vocals. Uh, should we do anything like, should we try to tackle a chorus or should we try to add more textural layers anything like that we should go for right away at this stage we should probably just keep chugging on on adding stuff to it you know just like keep finding sounds keep 
experimenting with instruments be like oh what would this instrument sound like you know cool i feel like we're still in the like flushing out the vibe of the track stage yeah okay that's that's actually cool because we can both do that separately and then come together and sort of show all of our ideas and sort of pick and choose what we might want to go forward with next time yeah absolutely sweet i'm stoked this is awesome yeah this is gonna be so fun i can't wait such an old song i do even though it's really cool to build it out from memory i do wish i had that voice memo just to play it um but i can't get into my (laughs) really old phone yeah isn't it frustrating (laughs) like you 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 may never know how the original composition went (laughs) it's just lost forever that's crazy i think i can come to peace with that i mean yeah, because things are made to evolve, you know? Like, I'm way different than I was in high school, so why should I try to recreate that feeling exactly? Like, there's no way I could. Right. <laughs> well, it's also a cool elevator um, pitch. Like, this song has been swimming around in your memory for 10 years, and you just resurrected it, and then your your 10-year-older self was able to complete the idea. That's, like, that's sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's a throwback to one of the coolest things that happened to totally on a different subject, but I have to just give a little pitch for you here, Marty. Okay. We went out camping with uh, Andy and I think Heather to this lake <clears throat> and um, there was like a car seat abandoned by the lake. Do you remember this? There was like the, like the van, the back three seats of a van. Was it a lake that Andy just found? Yeah, he found it on the map and then like somehow made us get Wait, there did we have through tennessee, some sketchy old roads did we have, like tennessee honey whiskey or something on that trip? <laughs> probably i think i remember this that, this is some real up backwoods camping right here <laughs> really you know is. there's like <laughs> it's a car seat of a van we're all sitting on it it's like not ours we have a fire there's a lake some whiskey um but another voice memo story because i remember marty we were just kind of bored having fun and you asked for our phones and you recorded um, three takes on three different phones. And then on each time you would play play the... So you'd record on one and then play that and sing again and record on the next phone. And oh, then so then geez. by the end you had a recording of three takes and it was Alt-J's... Um, it's like an interlude song. <gasps> she, 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 oh she, my... She, did I really do that? That thing. Yeah, from memory too. <laughs> and I was so impressed and it sounded so good. <laughs> Especially like, you know, when you're out in the woods, you kind of want some music, but you're kind of away from that technology. I mean, we had our phones, we could play, but we didn't, we weren't doing that. So it just was such a pure, good sounding voice. And just to see you like record it live was so sweet. Um, So yeah, that was awesome. Oh, cool. That's, I I don't remember that at all. (laughs) I wish I did. Yeah, this is, yeah, you know, it's funny how like these these podcasts like sometimes you say stuff that i don't remember and vice versa and i feel like i'm gonna remember it all but it's really patchy do, do you feel that it's easier to remember things that happen to other people than like things that happen to you that's a good question sometimes i feel like it depends it just depends i don't i don't know my memory is a mystery to me i don't i forget the silliest things and i remember the silliest things that's true yeah i still remember your phone number I still remember like Blake's phone because I always like in order to call you I'd have to like 
pick up the landline and like dial your home oh my God. your home number. This this is like when we were kids, kids, like seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was nine oh six two two six three four two three. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but every, I feel like everyone from that era has like one or two phone numbers just in there. Yeah. I have my parents' restaurant and um Actually, yeah, the other ones are kind of evading me right now. Mm-hmm. But I do remember we were playing baseball in your backyard when when you lived closer to me. Oh, yeah. And I think we broke a window <laughs> or we hit a window. <laughs> but I remember like going outside of your yard, like beyond the fence and being like, where is that ball? <laughs> <laughs> this is, that's that like the so most funny. like old man story ever. Like when we were kids, we used to play a ball in the backyard and we broke a window. <laughs> <laughs> so random what gets remembered you know i know i remember um for a while there you and andy would play urban golf (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) hopefully andy's parents don't listen to this because we are in big trouble if they do (laughs) that was some dangerous stuff that was funny good times all right well should we go out there and get to work and come back with something new next time yes sir yeah we will we will be back um for the next episode of this or part of this however this rolls out we're not sure yet but the next time we will have more stuff that has been added so we'll keep you guys posted more stuff all right tell soon much love go make some great music everyone see you later bye